0: On today's episode of the Keto Camp Podcast, we talk about clean keto ingredients, how to shop for them, what are the red flags, how to make incredible keto meals at home with Anna Pacino.
1: percent of the population who can eat whatever they want and their outer body shell meat suit doesn't reflect any sort of damage i don't know about their inner because i can't speak what anybody's blood work is doing or whatever but and it's like well hey i want to be able to eat that thing
0: <laughs> we I we know. understand we get it i know but you do you can't <laughs> that's understand. just the way it is yeah
1: <laughs> you can't
0: I'm the best selling author of Keto Flex, and I want to thank you for spending part of your day with me. Hey, Keto Camper, Ben Izzotti here, the host of the Keto Camp podcast. Thank you so much for pressing play today. We have a fun, entertaining, hilarious and informative conversation with Anna Vocino. I've been a huge fan of her work for quite some time. She is a a woman of many, many talents, which you'll hear about today. She is an original podcaster. She is an original gluten-free individual who started doing it before there was a gluten-free rage out there. And she's going to share her backstory, uh, having symptoms, getting sick, and realizing she had celiac disease that was inherited from her mother and how she has been gluten-free since 2002 She'll share about that. And then we'll get into keto. We'll get into how keto is so popular, which is awesome. But also the drawback is a lot of these companies are taking advantage. And I know you can relate when you see all of these keto approved products and you're wondering, but is it actually healthy? So we'll talk about finding the right keto products out there. Uh, when you're shopping at the grocery store, when you are looking for keto approved foods, what are the ingredients you want to avoid. We'll talk about artificial sweeteners, definitely talk about seed oils. We'll talk about her cookbooks. She has two cookbooks, Eat Happy and Eat Happy 2, which has some incredible recipes. She's actually going to share an amazing recipe with you all, cassava flour with eggs and um, Parmesan cheese and pork rinds. Oh my gosh, wait until you hear about that recipe. She will share some other recipes out there for you as well. I also asked her the question, how do you get your family on board? Like, if you have kids or teenagers, and you want them to eat clean, what what is the process of doing so? So, if you're a, if you have a family, you you want you want to hear that part of the episode. We'll talk about her relationship with uh, Vinny Tortorich, who is an awesome awesome individual who has a great book, No Sugar, No Grains, and how that changed her life. His podcast is Fitness Confidential, and as a, a co hosting with him all the time, we'll discuss the benefits of laughing and laughter for health and how she's actually a stand-up comedian. You can actually watch her and her husband in person. We'll talk about that as well. So sit back, relax. Uh, You're going to laugh a lot, and you're going to be really informed with today's episode with Anna Pacino. I can't wait to bring her on. Before I do, I want to take a minute to get to today's Apple Podcast rating and review of the day. This five-star review comes from Pastor Lance, titled, Raise Your Keto Game to the Next Level. I was a little familiar with the ketogenic diet, and was always looking for some new information. When I stumbled upon Ben's podcast, I started listening. It was so helpful and so much useful information because I myself have also struggled with being obese and wanted to find a way to live a healthier lifestyle. I'm so grateful for Ben and KetoCamp and the information and all the helpful tips, but this podcast provides it all. It is inspiring, motivational, and I also share things that I've learned with others around me. Thank you, Ben. That is so incredible, Pastor Lance. I love that you're listening and sharing it with people that you know. Uh, That actually helps you retain what you're learning. That's a little hack for you all. Whatever you're learning on the podcast or anywhere else, teach it to somebody else and it increases your retention rate. Uh, That's one of the benefits and why I have so many educational videos and create so much content. I'm always sharing information because the more I share it, not only do I help more people, but it actually helps me retain it so bravo, Lance. Thank you so much. And keep up the good work. If you have not left the KetoCam podcast a rating and review on whatever platform you're listening from, please do so. It really, really helps. And maybe I'll read your review on the next episode. All right. Let's have a fun conversation with Anna Vacino. Anna Vicino is an actor, a comic, a podcaster, a cookbooker. She has been in the keto space for quite some time. She has some great products that are healthy, healthy ingredients. She has a couple of uh, cookbooks and some new ones coming out as well. She's one of the original gluten-free people out there. And she helps people just cut through all the noise when it comes to recipes and ingredients to find a practical approach to eat clean. Her website is annavaccino.com. You can find her on Instagram at Anna Here is Anna. Hey, Anna. Welcome to the Keto Camp Podcast.
1: Well, hello. Thank you for having me.
0: So we have the perfect voice for a podcast because that's actually what you've done for many years, voiceovers. And you have a lot of talents of comedian, you have cookbooks, uh, you're an educator. It's just, uh, I've been, I was telling you offline, I've been an admirer of your work for a very long time. And I'm glad we're doing this. So thank you for being here today.
1: Thank you for having me. And likewise, and I'm just gonna outright say it. I've been a stalker of your work for quite some time. And I even see you at things like KetoCon. And I never go up and say hi because I'm actually quite shy in person. So it's nice to to actually chat here on on the video for the world to see.
0: I would love to give you a, a big hug in person. Are you going to are you going to the next KetoCon?
1: I don't think so. I don't think so, but I'm sure our paths will cross it. I'm some sure point. they we, will. We run around in these same circles.
0: We do. Yeah, I'm sure it'll cross. So please come say hi. Or I'll, I'll go I say will. hi to you. How about that? I'll just go give yeah, you a big okay, hug.
1: <laughs> well, now that we've met, it'll be less uh, socially awkward for me to come up and say right to you.
0: Well, you are an original gluten free sort of person, right? Because you've been doing a gluten free lifestyle since 2002. And what transpired before that? Like, what sort of health challenges were you having to that revealed to you? Maybe it's something that I'm eating.
1: Oh, gosh. I was in complete denial that it could be anything that I was eating. I'm a Gen Xer and we were always taught that it's not really what you eat. It's just how much you eat. So just don't eat too much and move your body and you'll be fine. And um, it we were even taught, like, I remember the ad campaign for Clearasil in the 80s. They wanted you to use benzoyl peroxide and, and just completely scour your face. You know, I remember reading in 17 Magazine, it's not what you eat that causes breakouts. It's the fact that you're not washing your face enough. And so that's what we believed, you know what I mean? So we that I didn't think that pizza or brownies or anything like that could be the cause of any medical issue that I have. But my mom was really sick and really suffered from a lot of, like, if you go to celiac.org and you look at all the different crazy symptoms of celiac disease because it does manifest itself in different ways for different people. She had a a bunch of those. uh, Terrible depression, skin rashes, brittle bones. And she got to the point where the the failure to thrive with this woman, and she was 58 at the time, was she had to have blood transfusions every four to six weeks because her body wasn't producing enough blood. And she drank Diet Cokes and ate a ton of sugar and ate whatever and was always really thin. And I was the same way back in the day. And I was a ballerina. So I was just like, well, I'm just gonna eat what I want. So a friend of mine who was type one diabetic, and actually discovered it very late in her life told me, hey, I'm not eating gluten. I was like, what's that? And she explained it's in wheat. And uh, because she said type one diabetics can sometimes develop other autoimmune diseases, celiac being one of them. And I'm so glad that she said that because my mom was being tested for everything. I said, test for this thing that Jenny told me about. And sure enough, it was that. And my mom called me and she said, you need to be tested because it's hereditary. And I don't take after my mom at all. I look like my dad. I'm very Italian. Like I got the whole thing going on. And I was like, I don't have that. (laughs) And I have it.
0: Oh my gosh. (laughs)
1: Joke's on me. Yeah. I have celiac. So that, that was it. And so it wasn't very much like a oh, I'm sick, I need to figure this out because I was 28 when I was diagnosed in 2002. When you're 28, you have the capacity to power through a lot. Just much like how your hangovers are easier when you're younger, your, your celiac or your illnesses. My allergies is like, oh, I guess this is what we have. We're just gonna have asthma and respiratory issues and digestive issues. And it's just gonna be what it is. But you power through it. And I had a two-year-old at the time. So it was like, you just power through and, and you deal. And it wasn't until the the only- I'm not even going to say there's a cure because it's an autoimmune. You never cure autoimmune. You just got to manage it. The only management strategy is to not have gluten. And so I cut it out and went through the temper tantrum phase and a lot of things felt better. But then I slowly started putting on weight. (laughs) And part of that was my body healing itself because I apparently hadn't digested a nutrient for my entire life or at least... So when the villi and the small intestines get flattened because of the autoimmune, you don't absorb any nutrients because that's where all the magic happens of, of gut absorption, right? (laughs) Not, not for me. So I had a DEXA scan and at age 28, I had osteopenia, which doesn't get better. You can't improve it. You can only hope that you don't develop osteoporosis. Very young age to do that. Um, But, you know, very anemic and I'm sure other, I've since tested for other malabsorption issues and I do, I do have an issue with my gut not absorbing nutrients that well. So part of it was that I started eating and healing my body. And then part of it was that I was determined to make delicious gluten-free things because what was currently on the market in 2002 was trash. And I was like, I'm going to make yummy stuff like whoopie pies and red velvet, this, that, and the other thing and a a, a gluten-free donut. Lord willing, I never actually figured that one out. There's, there's no such thing as a good gluten-free donut. Sorry. Actually, no, the donut plant in New York City makes the one gluten-free donut that I've had that's decent.
0: Oh, really? Well, have you um, have you heard? There's also a company called Fossil Fuel Donuts. It's the only gluten-free oh, donut.
1: I have heard of them. People love them. And I They're haven't great. had that one yet. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna have to try it. When I'm gonna to do a little splurge. Um, so now I don't eat carbs very often, so I wouldn't even have the donut very often. However, back then I was making everything. And blogging about it and blogging also, food blogging was a great way in in between jobs, the entertainment industry, because you kind of got to wait for the phone to ring. You audition your butt off and then you got to wait for the phone to ring to get a job. So it's a great way to kind of take control and put some content out there. Then I just kind of was slowly putting on weight. And then in 2012, when I met Vinny Tortorich and he convinced me to produce his podcast and be his co-host, that's when I first heard about low carb through him, through his NSNG, No Sugars, No Grains. And I was like, this guy seems crazy. I tried Atkins in the 90s. It sucked. And when I tried Atkins in the 90s, I was eating, I like had such a sugar craving that I was sitting in the Publix parking lot in Atlanta eating sugar-free Jello in the car because I had never like tried to not have sugar. (laughs) And I was like 20, 19 or 20. (laughs) You know what I mean? So I was like, whatever. But his was a real food approach to eating low carb. And it really kind of resonated with me. And I was like, well, I don't have anything to lose, but some extra weight. So let's try it. And, and I was tired of the habit of and back then I was still working on camera where you would just crash diet or whatever before the audition or before the thing that you're going to shoot and Thank God for voiceover, because you don't really have to do that. (laughs) (laughs) true. (laughs) But yeah, so that's kind of how it all came about. And then I repurposed everything that I was doing for low carb, launched the cookbooks, launched the food company. And now here we are 11 years later, and it's a totally different focus. And it's a lot of things.
0: Yeah. And now, you know, gluten-free is is a buzzword. And gluten-free doesn't necessarily mean it's healthy, because as you know, Mm -hmm. a lot of companies are just riding the bandwagon, same thing with keto, just because it's keto friendly doesn't mean it's health friendly. But, you know, you were doing this before you could go to the grocery store and see things that, uh, you know, said clearly gluten free, you had to figure that out on your own and kind of make your own foods. Was that a challenge for you, you know, without having that uh, availability at the supermarket?
1: Well, it's more challenging if you're trying to do gluten free, but still eat grains. If you're trying to replicate stuff that's Gluten has this magical property of, of elasticity that works really well in baking, which is why pizza crusts have that, they're crispy, but also chewy. And sorry, I don't mean to trigger anybody who's low carb right now, missing pizza. I have, I have recipes for you, by the way. Yeah, you do, yeah. But like, the, but you know, it, there are certain qualities in gluten that are really hard to replicate. So if you're baking gluten-free, it's very complicated and it's pain in the butt. And luckily some very smart people have come out with different flour blends that work, because here's the thing, even though I'm low carb, you're low carb. We're mostly that slant. I don't want there to not be options for people to not be like, I I don't want little kids who have celiac to not be able to ever have a cupcake. You know what I mean? So I'm glad that these companies have come out. I'm glad that there's innovation in food. You just got to read the labels and be really careful. But yes, back then there was nothing. I went to Whole Foods in Pasadena Um, right after I was diagnosed and they did have a little tiny gluten-free section like in the back and it was really dusty and they had Pamela's cookies and then they had this one other brand of cookies that was $17 and it was, I'm telling you, it was a pouch that was like, it was like three inches by five inches pouch of little cookies and it was $17 and this is $2,002 not like today's like fiat currency that's been devalued like that was a lot of money back then. And I took one bite of those cookies and I it was like I had been bit by a snake. I threw them across the room and I was like, these are disgusting. I'm going to figure out how to do this where it tastes good. I want people to come over to the house and eat stuff with me and not know that it's gluten-free or not feel like they're missing out on anything. So that's kind of flavor and taste has always been my first priority because I'm Italian and I like to eat.
0: For sure. Yeah, that's part of your heritage. So what are some good alternatives for those who are doing keto, which is primarily my audience, What are some good flour alternatives to to wheat?
1: None. The answer
0: is none. So no flour. Well,
1: Let let me clarify that by saying you were talking about everything being labeled gluten-free or keto. You do have to read labels. You do have to be really careful. I call it right now. It's the keto explosion at the grocery store. I just did the winter fancy food show in Vegas for my sauce and spice company and seeing the number of products that are keto friendly, certified keto and all, all of this stuff, which is all fine and good. And I know that companies are going to capitalize on keywords that are popular right now that audiences are looking for, but n- there's no amount of convincing that you can tell me that a bread that has wheat flour or vital wheat gluten in it is keto. Those are two different things. So Agreed. just know Agreed. what yeah. you're getting.
0: I've, I've spoken at conferences and there's vendors there and I, and I look at their ingredients, of course. And, you know, it says that, it's keto because technically it meets the net carb criteria to be keto. But you look that it has wheat or vital wheat gluten or a protein. I'm like, come on, this is not keto. <laughs> you know, it's going to be inflammatory. So you're I 100% agree with you.
1: That's exactly it. the inf- The inflammation factor is what gets me. And so it's not like everybody has celiac like me because they don't. think, and thank goodness. But a lot of folks who come to keto and come to low carb are because the carbohydrates and the grains that they're eating are very inflammatory for their system and they need to calm it down. But then they go and find a keto cracker that has the gluten and then they wonder why they still feel sick or their stomach hurts. Or they're, all of a sudden they wake up and they're, the, the hands hurt and the knuckles hurt and the ankles hurt. And, you, and that's probably why. And so that, for that sort of trickery, you know, Shuck and jive that the food companies are doing. I don't like it. And I also don't want to be a d- at these keto conventions either. I don't want to be like, that company
0: is trash. <laughs> yeah, right.
1: like I'll never right, do of that. Of course. I want everybody to make their living and and do it and figure it out. But just know as a consumer what you're buying, yeah. what you're
0: looking at. So important. So important. Look at the ingredients. I teach my students that all the time. So what are your thoughts on like cassava flour, almond flour, some other flours that are not wheat-based?
1: Yeah. Okay, so there's a number of applications that you can use any of these non-grain flours. Some of them are starchier than others. The cassava, the tapioca, what's the one? Some people are using the tiger nut flour.
0: Yeah, that's right, yeah.
1: And then you get more to the uh, the nuts, the actual nut flours, like the almond flour. Some people are using walnut, um, what's it called? Hazelnut flours. And then you get into... We'll screw it. Let's just go to pork rinds and crush those up and use those. So depending on the application that you're using them, for example, if I'm making a chicken parm, which by the way, you will never, you might find a gluten free chicken parm at a specific gluten free restaurant. There are some in New York City and some in Seattle, and so you will find that, but you will never find a low carb slash keto chicken parm at any restaurant, at least in the U.S. You have to make it at home. Luckily, it's really easy easy to make. So. I personally enjoy either coating things with almond flour. You can still do the egg wash and do the almond flour if that's still too high carb or you want to focus on carnivore. You can coat the chicken and crushed up pork grinds and do an egg wash. Just make sure you season everything, fry it up in the pan, then you put it in the casserole dish and pour the, the sauce or the cheese or whatever, however you're doing it. Also a mixture of grated up Parmesan cheese with any of those flours will help. Add to the flavor and the crispiness of when you fry it up, but not add to the carbs, hopefully. Parmesan's pretty good about that. But it, it all kind of depends on personal preference and what you like. Pork rinds, I hate the smell of. Just hate, hate, hate. I won't eat pork rinds regular, but I love them crushed up into things. Like the pork rind pizza crust is insane because it smells to me so insane. And then you cook it and it tastes so good. You would never know that there's pork rinds in there.
0: Wow. I haven't tried that. Is that in your one of your books?
1: That's in my second book. It's. I also keep all of my pizza crust recipes for free up at my site because I feel like that's one of the first things that people miss when they go low carb. And I'm like, I got you, boo. I got you.
0: Which is Anavacino.com, an, right?
1: AnnaVicino.com. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah well, I, well, I got to try that pork rind pizza crust. It sounds amazing.
1: When you're feeling like you want the pizza, it, it's great.
0: And the other issue I see in the keto space with these companies making keto approved foods, they might not have the wheat, but they have a lot of almond flour. And for some people that should be fine, but a lot of people, they they don't do well with the anti the oxalates in it. So having something like pork rinds is a great solution to the oxalate issue.
1: The oxalate thing I'm hearing more and more about, and uh, you know, there's a friend of mine with kidney stones and I said, hey, I heard about this thing. And she was like, no. And I was like, I nah, know. Yeah. <laughs> But there's I things know. you can do. I mean, listen, for me... I understand the temper tantrum is real and having gone through it now a couple of times because they, you can't have gluten. And back before I was diagnosed with celiac, I remember eating, remember Trader Joe's has a, well, I remember that they used, they still have them. I just haven't eaten them in 20 years. They have these cookies called Jojo's, which are basically their equivalent. No, I of don't know. I don't really go to Trader and Joe's. You, yeah. No, you don't know either. Cause <laughs> you don't need it either. So I was eating a sleeve of these things. I just, and I remember saying to my husband, you know, It would take a medical condition. Like a doctor would have to tell me to stop eating these
0: cookies. That's dangerous. You
1: guys. (laughs) I know. Careful what you wish for. But then so, you know, the temper tantrum of like, what? I can't have what anymore? And then you get over it and then you... Incorporated into your life. And by the way, I get I get a lot of angry emails from people, mostly women who are in the temper tantrum phase of like figuring out what they can and can't eat. The doctor said, you can't have soy or dairy or you can't have, you know, and you're like, I've given up so much. And then they write me angry things. And I'm like, listen, honey, you're in the temper tantrum and I'm not going to receive it, but I'm going to give you back love and I'm going to give you back solutions and I'm going to give you back, you're going to get through this because I did.
0: Yeah, that's it's, it's wonderful to have those options because a lot of people they might get into those temper tantrums and then they're like, what's the use? There's nothing I can eat. And that's not true. You have developed two recipe books and your website has a blog that gives you the solution. So it's so amazing to have that.
1: I have hundreds of free recipes on my site. I have another, I have a third cookbook coming out. I'm considering putting out a cookbook before the third cookbook. So it'll actually be, you know what I mean? Like I, I cannot stop writing recipes because I want to make sure I love everybody's that. making dinner. Yeah, yeah. The,
0: whole, the whole oxalate issue, anti-nutrient issue, I do feel good when I do carnivore. And I I just got off 30 days of carnivore. I did it for January. But the way that I see it is, it's really more of a leaky gut digestive issue than it is an anti-nutrient issue. So maybe short-term, remove them, work on the gut, and then bring them back in. That's not to say we should bring back gluten. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying anti-nutrients, oxalates like almonds, etc., different nuts. You might get your, your digestive system healthy enough to a point where you could have it and actually not get some of the, the symptoms most people get. That, that is my view on it. It's more of a digestive issue than just staying away from it forever.
1: Well, and it's also okay to take breaks from things and cycle on and off things. We were sitting in a restaurant on our anniversary on Sunday night, my husband and I, and I'm looking at everybody sitting in this restaurant. We're at a steakhouse. And I was like, isn't it funny that we just, we drive someplace and then we sit down and we have other people bring us food. Like, it's so weird because our ancestors, just have to run and go get the food and kill the things and dress it and trust it and all the things, but we're just, we drive somewhere and sit there and then it's just all this food is brought to us. Like we, it's great, obviously, but it's also like, <laughs> hold on, take a breath just because you can." Or you know, everything's available to you doesn't mean it's great for your body. And the thing that sucks is that some of us are married to people who can eat whatever they want. And still are. there's 30% of the population who can eat whatever they want. And their outer body shell meat suit doesn't reflect any sort of damage. I don't know about their inner because I can't speak what anybody's blood work is doing or whatever. But and it's like, well, hey, I want to be able to eat that thing.
0: We, we understand we get it I know but you do you can't we that's understand. just the way it is yeah
1: you can't and sometimes if you cycle on and off things then you can still kind of like enjoy like when I went carnivore whenever I do a carnivore challenge it sounds so dumb and I, if I told this to my 25 year old self I would slap me but when I'm done with the carnivore challenge the thing I want is a giant salad and I eat the giant salad and it feels like I'm eating like something so decadent. Wow. <laughs> it's so stupid. But it is because you're like, you're tired of eating the same thing for 30 days and you want to change it up. And that's a nice change. But you also don't want to be like, well, I'm going to eat ice cream because you'll make yourself sick. You don't want to do that.
0: Oh, uh, for sure. And the, you know, the benefit of carnivore, it's pretty simple and straightforward. Like just eat meat. It's like steak, burgers. You
1: save time at the grocery store. That's for sure.
0: You see, yeah, you save time. It keeps, you know, you don't have to second guess. You know what you can eat, what you cannot eat. But the drawback is to your point, it's like it gets boring. Said, my fiance, every time I do carnivore, she's like, I'll do seven days with you. You're going to do 30, I'll do seven days. And I'm like, okay, let's try it again. Because she, she starts doing it, she's two days into it, and all she does is complain. This is so boring. I can't have anything. Like,
1: <laughs> well, I think, she does- I think with any time you make a dietary change, the first seven days are the hardest. So it's interesting to say, I'm going to do seven days. It's like by day seven, you're on a roll you should stay with it a little longer, but it's days two through seven that suck.
0: Yeah, that that's the goal. I want her to get to day seven so she could then see, oh, I feel so good. I'm going to keep doing it. But she hasn't gotten to day seven yet. So we're still <laughs> working on her. Uh, I understand. But that's the, the drawback to carnivore. It kind of, gets, kind of gets boring. And it could be a little bit weird socially, like you're at restaurants. And I know when I go to restaurants and I'm like, yeah, I'll get this burger, no bun. I'll get this steak, no side. I like, you don't want the sides, but you have to still have to pay for it. That's okay. I'll pay for it, but no sides. Like it's socially awkward sometimes.
1: I now have my things that I say, like the burger, no bun, and if you could not bring the fries and put, you know, a little green salad, or if not, just put the burger and the and the bacon and the avocado on the plate. That would be awesome. And charge me whatever you need to charge me. That's why I always say, charge me whatever you need to charge me to make that happen. And they're generally like, okay. Although I am in California, so they're used to us
0: eating weird. That is true. Miami (laughs) as well. Miami Miami,
1: as
0: well. Hey, when was the last time you bit into a juicy burger or a perfectly cooked steak and thought to yourself, this is the best thing I've ever tasted? If it's been a while, it's probably because most meat products are conventionally raised, which not only affects the flavor profile, but significantly diminishes the beneficial nutrients and minerals. And believe it or not, even products that are labeled as grass-fed or ethically raised to make you think they're high quality, are often finished on grain or in factory farms, which is why I am so excited to share something with you today that will not only help you avoid the hormones, antibiotics, and pesticide residues that diminish the taste of conventionally raised meat, but could also save you nearly $1,000 over the next year on your grocery bill. And the best part? this may be the best tasting thing you've had in a long time. So what the heck am I talking about? I'm talking about Wild Pastures Meat Delivery. They provide the highest quality meats from small, regenerative, family-run farms here in the United States that prioritize sustainability and animal welfare. Their beef is 100% grass-fed. Their pork and poultry are pasture-raised, something you won't find anywhere in the grocery store, resulting in meats that are not only healthier for you, but also better for the environment. One of the reasons why me and my fiance, Natasha, loves wild pastures is that we can opt out out of supporting harmful conventional farming practices and instead support small family-run farms without spending a fortune. And the convenience doesn't stop there. They offer delivery straight to your door so you can enjoy delicious, high-quality meats without even leaving your house. very soon. Head to the podcast notes down below, click the link, enjoy your wild pastures. Okay, let's get right back to this episode. I've had servers where like I make these crazy requests and, and I asked them, is this the first time somebody has made these requests? And they're like, yeah, it is. <laughs> Usually, like a, if a server comes to the table, and it's one of those servers where they could memorize the order, and there's some people like that, not with me. They actually say, okay, actually, let me grab my notepad because this is a little bit different. Yeah.
1: You're, you're like twitching because you're like, please get your notepad. You're not going to remember all
0: this. Exactly. So the next question is this, for parents, right? How do parents get their children on board to live a gluten-free lifestyle to maybe not do keto, but just to eat healthier when they're so used to eating crap and it's like a dramatic shift. How do you make that change in a household?
1: I mean, I could offer advice and then I could tell you what my experience was as a mom who raised a child who now lives in Rome and is gluten free. So this is the million dollar question. And I feel like if we could solve this issue of how to get kids to eat healthy, we would be multimillionaires because every parent struggles with this and, and watching their kids, it's really easy when things are going off the rails with kids to want to just micromanage every single thing that they're doing. It's also really easy to want to look away and not look at what's happening. Let's say your kid is traditionally thin and doesn't show any medical issues or weight gain. It's also really easy to go, they can eat whatever they want. Mm, It's fine. You know, because we have that preconceived notion in our heads that thin equals healthy, right? So it's like you want to walk the line and you, you don't want to be stuck in either camp really because kids don't listen. Do not berate your children and especially mothers, do not berate your daughters. It is not a helpful conversation to have. I'm not a therapist or a psychologist or any of those things, but I do know do, you cannot berate your children. Think about your own health journey and how you had to kind of come to it towards your own. So I will say what has worked in my household because I wound up raising the ultimate, what they call a noodle nugget child. What does that mean? Noodle nugget means they eat chicken nuggets and pasta. And that's what they eat. (laughs) And it was, and I started off making her baby. I always loved to cook, right? So I started off making her baby food and then that was a pain in the ass. And then she just kind of became a picky eater over the years. And then her picky eaterness became a part of her identity. Parents of picky eaters will know. They're like, I don't... She'll be like, I don't like fruit. And then everyone go, oh, Lucy, you don't like fruit? And it would become a topic of conversation. And it was part of our identity. And um, whatever, that was fruits, at least in my words. <laughs> like, <laughs> exactly. Noodle nuggets, noodle nuggets. That's all it was. <laughs> she ate the same breakfast of turkey bacon and one Trader Joe's gluten-free waffle every day for breakfast for school for like 10 years. Like it was insane, this breakfast. It was so processed and so not good. So then... All I can do is model my own behavior. And so when she's in middle school is when I'm figuring out, I want to get off of grains altogether and sugar altogether. And I do that. I don't want to push my agenda. I don't think you should push your agenda to anyone. I think you should model your good behavior. I'm not saying good behavior, but model your good habits. That's a good, better way to put it. Uh, Model your habits that are working for you. Let people see that it's working for you. For example, I had um, before giving up carbs, I always got those cystic, hormonal zits that go below the chin, right? I would get those and that completely cleared up. And I always joked and I was like, I can't believe I'm almost in my 40s and I have zits and wrinkles, like that's not fair. And now I'm almost in my 50s and I have no zits and almost no wrinkles and it's because I'm giving up sugars and grains. So you model that and then people are like, hey, how does your skin look like that? Hey, how did you lose weight? Hey, and let the people come ask the questions. Your kids will see you. Don't bring home the junk. You don't have to necessarily buy it. I always say to my daughter, you have the whole rest of your life to make your own decisions when you're out there in the world. But when you're here at home, we're going to eat this food. So long story short, she finally went away to college. And then the summer before her sophomore year, she went and lived with our friends in Italy and uh, worked at their villa where they make the olive oil. And they have a huge like villa the RBO situation. So she worked in hospitality doing that learned Italian, great summer experience for any child. And what she wound up doing was basically getting shamed for her American palate. (laughs) 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 And so she had to try all these. And now this kid, she's 23 and she lives in Rome. She's a painter. She eats any, I mean, bone marrow, weird organ meats, like you name it, she eats all of it. And I got to think to myself, it's a combination of me just going, this is what I'm going to do. She did come to me when she was 16, though. And she said, hey, I noticed if I don't have candy, my face doesn't break out. She, uh, she said uh, a few months later, you notice, I noticed when I don't have, uh, can-, she said candy again, because candy was a big thing. When I don't have candy, I don't have cramps that month. And I was like, pretty cool, right? So then you get to decide. <laughs> do you want to suffer through cramps and breakouts or do you want to not? So it's your choice. It's your body, you know, but she drew the conclusion.
0: That's a great connection right there. Yeah. I I love that. So, you know, your point is is if you berate and try to force something, you're kind of going to push them further away. Just you, you be your own inspiration to them. And when the time comes, hopefully they'll see what you've done with your health. They'll, ask questions, and then they'll connect the dots like your daughter did with the acne and the monthly cycle as they, she changed her nutrition, it got, it got better. What are your thoughts on, for parents who have like teenagers, making simple switch swaps at the grocery store? So instead of getting like the Doritos or the Lay's or whatever chips they were getting before, they got something like Lesser Evil. They got something like Simple Mills, getting healthier swaps to put that in the pantry. What do you think about that?
1: I think it's great if you're not trying to keep under a certain carb count for kids, which listen, keto's not for everybody, it might not necessarily be for kids, you guys have to decide for yourselves and your family. I mean, obviously, if there's a medical condition, epilepsy, there's a strong reason to do keto, of course. But like, First of all, I would start with like, can we make cheese crisps at home? Like, for example, when I make cheese crisps with my dill ranch seasoning, it tastes just like a cool ranch Dorito. So, if we really want a crispy, fun thing, why don't we do that? Why don't we model that behavior in the kitchen of like, hey, these are some life skills you're gonna need because. You're going to need to feed yourself and eventually you'll probably have a family, whether you're a male or female or whatever in between. You're going to have other people in your life that you're going to want to know how to feed. Feeding is loving and you're going to want to know these skills. So anytime you can actually get in the kitchen. But I guess for me personally, I don't buy the simple meals or the living, what is it called? Because I know that lesser evil. They have those curly, those paleo curly Q things because, and the reason I know this is because I've bought that, and then I just sit there and eat the whole thing mindlessly.
0: Oh yeah, because it's so easy to do. That will add up, yeah.
1: And uh, and then you're like, oh, and you wonder why your stomach feels full and bloated, and you're like, I didn't even have that many carbs, but did you? You ate the whole bag. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. You know. So I mean, if there's ever a chance where you can figure out how to make things together, and you're reinforcing those skills. That's awesome. But also too, yes, of course, I think lesser evil and simple mills are definitely better than what Frito Lay has got going on. Sorry, Frito Lay. I hope that you know you never are a sponsor. <laughs>
0: They're an official sponsor oh God! of this oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> What a mismatch that oh, would yeah, be, huh? <laughs> so uh, Dill Ranch Cheese Crisp. Is that what you said? Mm-hmm. Oh, how do you make that? It sounds amazing.
1: Okay. Super easy. You can take any cheese, but it especially will work with the Monterey Jack. And you know how you did the brick of Monterey Jack. You just cut it thinly like, and then you put it on the parchment paper and uh, you put the oven at 400 and you can blast them. And you can either put the dill ranch seasoning right afterwards or I'm put, I don't know why I'm with blocking (laughs) my (laughs) um or make it before you, you put it in there. And I also will do cheddar cheddar with my barbecue dust and I'll do either cheddar or Parmesan with the taco seasoning and that tastes like a nacho cheese Dorito. I'm not kidding. And the barbecue does taste like a barbecue chip. They're really good. In fact, that's what I'm trying to, f- I'm trying to find a co-packer who that can be the next product who can make sh- make that shelf stable. But it's, I was just at the show and just talking to these, the guys who do it, there's a couple guys who do it, at least on the, on the West Coast. And so I'm trying to, try- and they're like, I don't think we can do it the way you want to. And I was like, but can we try? <laughs> but we'll see. I'm going to, I'm determined to find somebody who can do
0: it. That would be super cool. I hope you do. That sounds amazing. Where can we find that recipe?
1: It's not, I mean, it's just, it's not a really printed because it's just cheese melted. Pretty with simple, some, right? Yeah, yeah it's and you basic. don't have okay. to buy my spices. You can make a spice blends, whatever you have. Just make sure you read. Read the labels because the spice blends they yeah, put a Yeah, no of seed oils, no. Yeah, they put thickeners, yeah, cornstarch, brown rice hulls, anti caking agents, anti slip agents, all that stuff.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, let's talk about that. What are the things that we want to avoid, right? So, you, you mentioned a few, but could you mention like maybe, um, a little bit of a list that we could write down like carrageenan and maybe some other things that we is want to be aware of. it carrageenan
1: or carrageenan, I don't know how to say that word. I, I don't
0: know. Either way we want to avoid it, I think. <laughs> so,
1: I mean, and it's hard cuz a lot of times I'm I'm trying to be dairy free and you know, you still want to have a little like creamer in your coffee and that's a lost cause you guys for dairy free. Here's my solution for that. Because pretty much any almond milk, oat milk, rice milk, any of those Macadamia, things
0: Macadamia nut milk. Uh, yeah. Almond
1: yeah, almond milk is just almond water. Let's be honest. You just soak almonds. It's
0: actually more water than almond, I think, it right? It is.
1: And, but what they have to do to make it milk-like is put the gums and the oils and the emulsifiers, the emulsifiers in there. yeah. It's
0: not,
1: it's not great. It's not great. And they don't even taste that great. You guys, let's be honest. I like things that taste good. By the way, that's why I don't ever, I personally don't do the sugar substitutes, the artificial sweeteners. When I'm going to make a dessert, I make a dessert. Um, I just make it with the least amount of sugar possible to make the thing work. Because I just, I'm a huge believer in the homemade thing, but I can't tolerate any sweeteners that are not.
0: So when you say like the least amount of sugar, you mean like coming from like banana or honey or where's where the source? Sure. Okay. Sugar is it.
1: sugar, but yeah. So coconut sugar, cane sugar, honey, got syrup, coconut nectar, which is hard to find these days. Um, I think the one company that made it stopped making it shark tank idea. There's somebody out there. Yeah, the there you go. Maybe that's your um, next
0: thing too. But
1: but I know a lot of people like the sugar substitute. So I'm not shaming that. I'm just saying for me, I can't tolerate it. It gives me an upset stomach. I just full stop can't eat it. So
0: yeah, I, I don't, for me, I do, I do well with like monk fruit and stevia in small amounts, some people but do. I know yeah. some, yeah, some people don't like it. My fiance thinks it's too sweet. So she doesn't like it.
1: Monk fruit's better. Stevia to me is still like, come on, what are we doing here? But but whatever. Yeah. Okay. So, so you were asking about stuff to look for.
0: Yeah. Red flags. Red exactly. flags. So,
1: the gums, obviously, the seed oils. We talk a lot about that. My husband today, we we're on a walk and he goes, People should talk about that seed oils are bad for you. I'm like, We are. We're literally, <laughs>
0: it's a thing. <laughs> we're, we are talking about
1: that. Like, that's not. He's like, You know what? <laughs> um, soybean oil, canola oil, sunflower, safflower, cotton seed grape seed.
0: Yeah. Corn Corn oil. Yeah.
1: Those are the big, the Italians call it lampante. That means lamp oil. You burn it. You do not eat it.
0: I didn't know that. Wow. I like that.
1: Think about how the process is when you make those oils, it goes through like 25 different chemical processes with deodorizers and, you know, sanitizers and yeah. they, they, try to, they have to put chemicals in to make it kill you less like, yeah, yeah. You know <laughs> and what I to mean?
0: remove the smell the rancidity smell too yeah it's
1: rancid it's flabby it's deodorized it's and then olive oil is you take an olive and you press it that's it that's it so but then of course they cut the olive oils at the stores so don't Jeez. Again, I'm coming back to this whole idea lately where it's like you have to know your food producers. You have to know where yeah. your food comes from. That's going to be the next revolution. And there's a lot of good companies out there trying to revolutionize this stuff. But if you're going to buy the same old stuff that's really cheap from the same old producers, you're not going to get what you want out of that. It's going to have some stuff, some bastardization. So things to look out for. So we talked about the gums and the thing. I would look out for, uh, for example, in spice mix is what I learned from making. I had to go through several co-packers until I could find a guy who got that. You know, I'm the no sugars, no grains lady. So we're not going to add any sugar. We're not going to add any cornstarch to thicken it in the nineties, we would have taco Tuesday. Right. And you'd buy the the packet, the individual packet of Ortega or El Paso or uh, now I think yeah, Taco Bell is exactly what you know I what used mean? to use. Yeah. Yeah. And so you, and you do the packet and the directions were, you know, heat your ground beef up and then drain the fat off, put it back into the pan, put your Ortega on there and then put a quarter of a cup of water on there to, and stir it up. And then you make your taco meat. And I was like, why do we do that? Why don't we just leave the fat in there and use that as the emulsifier and the thickener for the taco seasoning? Well, now the taco seasoning has all sorts of things in it to make it thicker, to make it more voluminous, you know what I mean, all the stuff. And then, of course, to sweeten. So the first fancy food show I did, I talked to this woman from Croatia who's bringing truffle products and oils to the U S market. And she said, she was told by a number of food manufacturers, you better add sugar to all this stuff. If you're going to even think about getting in the American market, because th- nobody will buy your stuff if it doesn't have sugar added. And I was like, no, don't add sugar.
0: Don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. Is that and, because and they want to make it addictive? Is that the purpose?
1: They think that Americans have a sweeter Palate, which we do because now so much sugar is added that people are addicted to sugar, that it's, it's you know, the snake eating the tail situation. So you really want to look for that stuff. So I got in an argument with my compliance lady. So there's, there's um, humorless people that you can hire who read your labels to make sure you're FDA compliant. And we, you and I, Ben, are in the business of telling people how to read food labels. So it's really funny to talk to these people one of her arguments with me is I wanted to write on the taco seasoning, no sugar added or no added sugar. It doesn't matter the wording. It means the same thing. And she said, you can't put that on there. And I said, but we didn't add sugar. And she says, you can only put that on something that inherently has sugar in it. And I said, I agree. I agree with you. Taco seasoning shouldn't inherently have sugar in it, but please Google, go to walmart.com or target.com and Google taco seasoning. I love how I use Google for search at another website's engine, but search for (laughs) taco seasoning and look at the top five selling and four out of five of them have sugar grains or fillers in them. So that's why it's important for me to distinguish in the marketplace that mine is no sugar. It's just the spices in there. And we went back and forth about it. And then ultimately I got my way on that. I didn't get my way on some other things, but you know, it's a give and take. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes. I love that you did that. It's it's so important. You know, the vegetable oil thing. So when I go to restaurants, you probably do the same thing. I tell the server that I'm allergic to these oils. Oh. Like when you say... When you say you're allergic, That's they pay bold. attention. Yeah. That's bold, though. But, I have so enough food allergies
1: that I can't even, I can't, I'm <laughs> too much of a pain in the butt. I can't do it. So
0: I make, I, I tell them I'm allergic, me and my fiance are allergic and you use a healthier oil, but I do that and I know it's bold. Not most people are willing to do that. So what I, what I developed, Anna, you're going to love this. I developed a seed oil allergy card where I actually have it, I actually have it right here. And it says allergy card. And you just show it to the server. Dear chef, I have food allergies to vegetable oils. In order for me to avoid an allergic reaction, I must avoid. And then it has the eight bad oils in red X's. Please swap it for the alternatives. And then it says, please make sure the approved alternatives are not cut with the allergic options. Thank you for keeping me safe. So people could just show it now to their server.
1: (laughs) I am gobsmacked. That's incredible.
0: And for those listening and watching, you can get, get it for free. If you just go to seedoilcard.com, like download it, put it on your phone or print it out and just makes it simple. So you don't have to actually make the request, just say, here's what I'm allergic to. And it goes a long way. Those oils are so inflammatory. It's estimated that the half-life of these bad fats, the linoleic acid is about two years. Meaning if you remove it today, after two years will still be in your body fat so you want to do the best you can with avoiding them. Tell your husband I have this card too. I think he'll like that as well.
1: Oh my god! I can't. I'm going to tell my functional medicine doctor. She's going to go nuts over that. She's going to love that.
0: Yeah, tell her. Tell her uh, the website is seedoilcard.com. So if she wants Seed to, she I'm, wants to I'm check it out. Writing this down.
1: This is, <laughs> that's, that's awesome. Hold on.
0: Hold yeah, on. you got to make it simple for people. It's important, because, you guys. It's yeah. Important. So, so important. Right? Stop your
1: stop your car. Pull over on the streets
0: yeah pull over seed
1: oil card singular ah uh,
0: singular seed oil card okay. dot com. and I, if i it. when I see you the next time, I'll give you a whole bunch of like the actual printed ones in the meantime you could just out. get the PDF and then you could save it as an image on your yeah, you could save it as an image on your phone and then just show your phone to the the server
1: so that's one thing that we're not going to be able to change probably in at least my lifetime. You're younger than I am. It's up to your generation, but I feel like. I don't think we're going to get seed oils out of restaurants in the States anytime soon, unless something drastic happens because they're so cheap and so affordable.
0: Well, I mean, we we vote, we we essentially vote with the fork, right? So if we get millions of people like showing this card, they're they're going to make a change because it's like, all right, this person's It's like, we have to have the alternatives because so many people keep requesting the alternative. So it's just a matter of us making the request. It's a grassroots movement.
1: So back when I first started podcasting with Vinny and people were starting to talk about grass fed meats and pastured chicken and things like that, pastured eggs, and uh, it was cost prohibitive to most people. And now grass fed is really, I'm still, I'm not saying it's not still super expensive, but it has gone down in price because everything's economically driven. And if we are choosing with our wallets, food producers and farmers and ranchers, we they will respond in kind. And it is it is just going to be better for us as a people. It's better for the earth. It's better for farming practices. It's. I would rather see uh, these farms replaced with olive trees because there's a, that's actually happening a lot where I live. I'm two hours north of LA. So we're in the middle of wine country, but also olive oil country because they're making a lot of olive oils now because they're figuring out, well, we can take out these um, almond orchards and walnut orchards that are taking so much resources and they're actually switching them over to... that's awesome i know it's interesting to see how but again if the market wasn't there they wouldn't be able to do
0: it right exactly yeah so yeah it's a good point with the grass-fed beef you know it was a demand and now it's readily available and it's not necessarily cheap but it is available and you can get it pretty much anywhere yeah so yeah that's what it takes it's just a matter of us requesting it i know i do my part i know you do your part now we just have to all do our parts If you watch any of my videos on social media, you always see me with glasses on, and I always get the question, hey, why are you wearing those glasses? These are called blue light blocking glasses, and I wear them to protect my brain and my focus. You see, we are bombarded with stimulation, especially with junk light from your computer screen, your phone, fluorescent lights, and the brain has to filter that out. These glasses, what they do is they filter out those lights for you so your brain does not have to do the work. I equate this to having a web browser open with 100 tabs. If you had 100 tabs open on your computer, that computer is going to run slow. But if you were able to eliminate 99 of those 100 tabs and now you just have one tab open, that computer will function better. This is the same thing with your brain. So there's different types of blue light blocking glasses. There are computer glasses that you would wear during the day when working with screens and under artificial light. There are light sensitivity glasses that you would also wear during the day with screens and artificial light. And then you have the blue light blocking glasses, which I wear at night two to three hours before I go to bed, which promotes hormone health, helps your body produce melatonin, and aids in better sleep. My go-to is from Bon Charge. They have the signs to back it up. They look super cool. The glasses come in non-prescription, prescription and reading options, glasses for every need. charge also has other amazing products such as low blue light bulbs, red light therapy devices, EMF slash 5G protection, and 100% blackout sleep masks that I take with me when I travel all the time. The greatest thing about them, all backed up by science. They gave KetoCamp podcast listeners a 15% off coupon code. All you need to do is head over to bondcharge.com slash keto camp and use the coupon code keto camp at checkout. No space in between to get 15% off your entire order. We'll drop that link down below along with the coupon code. Go check them out. And let's get back to this episode.
1: When we launched the sauce company, so and I and the the irony is not lost on me that I, I sell pasta sauces and I don't even eat pasta. I do eat the zucchini noodles and the spaghetti squash, but I usually just make it with meat. So when we launched the pasta sauces, I figured out really quickly that sauces are heavy to ship. They're expensive to ship and they can break even with the best of packaging. UPS is just throwing just throwing packages of sauce around and stuff will break. So we've been working on getting into grocery stores. And so what I've learned too from the groceries, so I'm talking to grocery buyers. first of all, trying to get grocery buyers to write you back and <laughs> is a whole thing. So it helps. I always drop the kit. Ke- really hot right now. So I say, I'm a best-selling keto cookbook author. And that helps me get the, yeah. Um, I, I try to use those things and, and it's working. And we're rolling out into grocery stores here in the West and we're having conversations with big chains but the most effective thing is me telling my podcast audience, "Hey, make sure you're asking for these products in your grocery store." They listen to that. They don't want food rotting on the shelves that nobody's buying. They they want stuff on the shelves that you guys are going to buy. So just keep that in mind. That your voice is very powerful at these places.
0: That's a great tip. That's a fantastic tip. Yeah. So you're still working on getting your pasta sauce in in grocery stores that are working.
1: So. Yeah, 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 for sure. That's why we go do the trade shows because a lot of the grocery store buyers are there. And even after, like, for example, we're on, we're in Pavilions and Gelson's and Lassen's, which are three big chains out here in SoCal. And we're working our way north and working our way east. And um, But we're in some conversations with really big chains. And should any of those say, yes, it's going to be a big game changer for the company, which is awesome, but I still got to make sure I can still make the same high quality sauce You know, because I'm not going to, I'm not going to sacrifice. And that's, that's a good thing about coming in from the outside is because I don't, when, when I had a co-man say for the spices, oh, we have to put in an anti-slip agent because garlic powder is clumping. And I was like, no, (laughs) we're not going to do that. And because by the way, garlic, imagine garlic, you know, when you cut garlic and your your fingers are sticky. So when you're making garlic powder, that's also going to be sticky. Things might clump. So why can't it just clump a little bit? And you remember you could just jam a fork in there or something like that. Yeah, exactly. Are we we, we not like okay with that as a people? Yeah,
0: Primal Kitchen salad dressings are kind of like that. Sometimes you have to stick a fork in it for it to kind of be a little bit smoother, right? So Primal Kitchen did that, the, you know, Mark Sisson's company. They did a good job at scaling it mass without sacrificing quality. At least to this day, the quality is still pretty good. I know it got bought out, but it's still pretty good.
1: They were bought out by Kraft and they're still keeping it up. So that's the trick. Cause I know that like Justin from Justin's Nut Butters, he had to go through a thing where it's like, I want to have con- creative control to make sure that the formulas don't get because you know stuff gets bought out and by the way great we here's the thing it's a logistical nightmare to make sauce in California and deliver it to upstate New York which is what we're dealing with if we get in onboarded into this big chain that's in based out of upstate New York right And uh, But that chain is a darling chain. Everybody wants to be in it. They want to say yes to us. We're going to have to figure that out, how to get the sauce from California to upstate New York. What's much better is if we find somebody in Pennsylvania who can make the exact same sauce to the highest quality. But And you think, well, that's easy, right? Well, it's actually like 18 to 24 months of conversations and getting people and doing tests and getting people on board with the vision. Other sauce companies already have time on their line. So we're just figuring that kind of stuff out. But- Trying to get food nationwide, the exact same food to every single region in the country is a, is actually a really tricky thing, which is why oftentimes people are like, what? We're having a Kerrygold butter shortage. What butter do you recommend? We're having the egg shortage. What eggs do you recommend? And I'm like, I, I don't know because I don't know what it's like in Michigan where you live. I like these brands, but you might not have them there, you know, because it's tough to get good, high quality food to every single state in the country.
0: It is. And then we have companies that are making quality products and then they get bought out by these big food companies and then the formula changes. So I, I respect that you know you want to keep it highest of integrities like a Primal Kitchen has done that. I don't know if you saw, you probably have seen it, but Bragg's, um, like apple cider vinegar, Bragg's company, they, they got bought out by Katy Perry and Orlando Bloom a few years ago. So, I really, yeah, they did. (laughs) So, um, but that makes me wonder if the quality has changed because I haven't done my research on them. So, I haven't either. I didn't know
1: that. I would like to see. I will say, one of my biggest pasta sauce competitors, who is a darling, they have been bought out twice by giant companies, and every time in order to scale up, they've had to change their tomato supply. And, you know, it is interesting to see what's going on because I'm like, yeah, I know, I know how it works, but I also know, I also know that if we can scale, we can get our price down. You know what I mean? Cause right now we're at that, at that point where it's, it's considered super premium. That's what yeah. they call it. We're in the super premium category. Yeah. <laughs> Cause as much as I would like to sell, you know, a jar of pasta sauce for 6.99 to everybody, it's just, it isn't possible. It would <laughs>
0: it's got to yeah, it's not totally even
1: not, not even going to happen but the spices the spices are a lot easier to cuz you're basically just assembling powdered spices and it's all organic and no stuff in it but it's a challenge to figure out how to do it i'm rambling
0: yeah i can't even <laughs> imagine the logistical things going on there so thank you for doing all that i hope it reaches miami sometime soon
1: i hope it does too it is my goal to I, we're in talks with somebody who would get it into miami grocery stores and i oh, just cool. really You know, it takes about a year to have these conversations. And then after they say yes, then you have about six months to get it made and get it on the shelves. So,
0: and can somebody like just go online and order it and get it shipped to them? Or, yes, oh, of course. You can
1: go to eathappykitchen.com. Absolutely. Absolutely. Eathappykitchen.com. Eathappykitchen.com.
0: That's a great name. Thank you for the plug. Yeah, there you go. Eathappykitchen.com. I want to, I want to finish the conversation with the importance of laughter, right? I mean, you're a comedian, you're super funny, like being intentional with laughing and enjoying yourself, what are the benefits of laughter with our health and all the things that we're doing?
1: Oh my gosh. Isn't laughter everything? I mean, other than sex, don't we want laughter? Like we want those things the most. Not at the same time though. (laughs) Well, (laughs) that's true. Now that I think about it, I don't think my husband would like it. Listen, I, my mom suffered from horrible depression. I have had, you know, more than a few times with bad depression. Everyone in my family is on an antidepressant. So I have it coming at me from all sides, from all sides of the family. So I understand. And, and also to being a comedian and being a performer and actually an introvert on my time off. I am very, what should I say? Prone to darkness. (laughs) Because there's no way that you can just observe the world and not feel a little bit of pain every time you do. And that's why you have to make a joke out of it. So for me, one of the reasons behind naming things eat happy was because when I changed to a low carb way of eating, I changed my brain chemistry for the better. And so while happiness is kind of this elusive brass ring, I certainly am happier than I ever have been. And I feel confident and excited about the future. And as far as laughter goes, you should always want to laugh. I always want to laugh. I always want to laugh. And I will notice too, sometimes I work so hard. I'll laugh hard at something and I'll be like, oh my God, I haven't, I feel like I haven't laughed in days. Like what? That's not healthy. You should be laughing all the time. So yes, the, I don't, I'm not a scientist. I don't know the studies, but the absolute, you know, just release that comes with laughter and joy, and I'm sure whatever those good, what is it called? Endorphins?
0: Yeah, endorphins. Oxytocin is one of the main ones you get, yeah.
1: You also get oxytocin from orgasms, though.
0: So. You do, yeah. But again,
1: <laughs> you guys, reminder, don't combine laughter
0: No. It's do you, still, do you remember that Seinfeld episode where he's like, uh, George is like, I want to combine eating food, which is one of our great pleasures, with sex, and he tried to combine it both at the same time it did <laughs> it didn't not work, work out. Didn't work. Yeah.
1: It didn't work. No, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. But yes, laughter, you should be looking for it. Surround yourself with the people who make you feel great. You know, I hate that cut out the toxic people thing, but you could certainly draw boundaries with the people who you maybe don't have the boundaries with. I'm a fan of personal responsibility in the sense that like, you're toxic. I don't like saying you're toxic. I like saying, I need to draw some boundaries in order for me to have a healthier relationship with this person or to figure out how to phase out the relationship with the person. So I take responsibility for my part in it. You know what I'm saying?
0: Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Okay. That's so respectful and smart to do that, right? It's like you want to protect your environment, protect your energy without blaming people and casting negativity to people. Just protect your space and set boundaries. And sometimes you do have to cut people out of your life if they're not willing to accept the boundaries that you are stating. And that's just part of and it. it. But you it do is. become and your environment. You're, Yeah. And your environment... Determines your thoughts. Your thoughts determine your actions. Your actions determine your results, right? So it all goes back to what is your environment? Who is your in your, in your environment? What are you feeding yourself with your environment? So great, great tip there. Laugh, watch funny movies, watch a comedian on Netflix. Go watch Anna. are you you're not doing any more stand-up, are you?
1: We, we are. We just did a show in Santa Barbara last week. Oh, that's week. so I don't cool. Know. I, my schedule's up at, whenever we do shows, I'll put my schedule up at AnnaVicino.com. Yeah, yeah.
0: Okay. So if you're in California, Southern California, uh, is that primarily where you're doing your shows? Yes. Yes. Yeah. And
1: uh, sometimes in New York, but I'll always put it up. My husband and I have been doing a dual act about marriage. So he's also a stand-up. And, um, by the way, if you're just don't get married, if you're two comics, <laughs> <laughs> they're so dumb. Don't marry another. If you're a comic, marry somebody who's not in the business. Like it's just, it's going to make your life easier. Just a little word of advice. And then you'll go marry who you want to marry anyway. Um, but no, we've been doing a dual act on marriage for, uh, since right before pandemic, we were touring and, uh, when our daughter left the house, we kind of started writing jokes in a he, he said, she said sort of format because we would punch each other's jokes up anyway. So then we were like, well, what if we just got up there? The same- I know this is weird, but what if we just got up there at the same time and it actually worked really well? And hopefully if you come see us, you'll either feel great about your relationship or maybe you'll identify, maybe maybe you'll get mad at each other. I don't know. But
0: I- <laughs> we talk about it all.
1: We, we bear it all out there. And it's fun. It's very fun.
0: That's super cool. So, does your website have the updates and where you're speaking?
1: Always.
0: Yeah. Okay. -hmm. Awesome. We'll put you put your your website down below. Last question. Actually, before I get to the last question, you have two books and you're writing a third, maybe a fourth. First one came out in 2016 called Eat Happy, and then you have the latest one, Eat Happy Two. Actually, T O O. T O O. Um, So, where's the best place to get those books?
1: Uh, There's a, a little bookshop called Amazon. That still sells them. <laughs> and uh, Barnes and Noble is another one. And then I think most people, you know, it's interesting. I like a hardcover cookbook, but a lot of people are buying them on the Kindle now. And I have the PDFs since I own the rights to it. I have the PDFs at eathappykitchen.com if you want to get them there. So I want, I want recipes available to people. I also have a Substack newsletter, which is kind of where I put all of my new my newly published recipes since that second cookbook and um I have finished Eat Happy Low Carb Italian so that's it at the now I decided to traditionally publish that one so that one's at the publisher but I'm sure as you know it's going to take forever so that's why I'm like do I write do I put out another book
0: something else in between yeah
1: <laughs> they're going to take so long like it's like what is taking so long
0: yeah, yeah totally that's awesome so we'll put links for all of that down below the final question is I talk a lot about gratitude and I call it vitamin G because it's such a powerful I know supplement. and I love
1: that. <laughs> I love vitamin G.
0: Vitamin G. So what is your daily dose of vitamin G today? What are you grateful for today?
1: Oh, today?
0: Right now. Uh
1: oh. Besides just this conversation. Yes. You know what? I got to talk to you and Abel James in the same day, and that's a really good day oh, because cool. I love you both so much. And this is it's so good for me to be able to do that. I did a, a crazy New Year's resolution, which is I have to do it at one hour of cardio every day. Vinny inspired this because he did it last year. I have to do one hour of cardio every single day. So 365 hours of cardio. And I am on track for that. And so right at this moment, right at, on, on it, while we're recording, I don't know when this is coming out, but while we're recording this, I'm still doing it.
0: That's awesome.
1: <laughs> so, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. It's a lot easier to feel grateful When you've got your brain and your body worked out with exercise and with low carb. It's a lot easier to be able to take a breath because the things still happen. It's not like all of a sudden you're like, I feel happy and amazing. I'm never going to feel a negative emotion again in my life. Like that's BS. Of course, you're going to, things are going to happen tragedy will happen. People will die. People will get sick. People, accidents will happen. You you know what I mean? So it's about changing our emotional response to things. And when I have done my hour of cardio and kept it up and when I am eating low carb, I feel so grateful to be able to have a different emotional response. And I got to say, I'm a woman of a certain age. I know that I'm in the middle of perimenopause and I can't even imagine what this must be like for carb eaters. Mm, yeah. So I am grateful to have found this work that we're doing, and I'm grateful to be able to speak with you and to speak to the people, and um, I hopefully am uplifting. I feel gratitude when I know that I've uplifted somebody else.
0: That's beautiful. Uh, congratulations on your commitment 365 hours of cardio. Have you done yours today yet?
1: I, I haven't said it publicly <laughs> until now. I feel like oh god.
0: Everybody knows gratitude now. Really do it. Have you done your hour session today? Is it done yet or no?
1: No, today I'm only up to 36 minutes. I've got to go get on the bike after
0: this. Okay. And I love Abel James and I also love Vinny Tortorich and I love you, Anna. You're awesome.
1: We're we're going to just be one big happy family.
0: We sure are. We can't wait to see you at an event. I, um, yes. I've got vitamin G for you too. You're just very uplifting and positive and you really helped us out because- You know, the tips you gave us today are very practical. Uh, A lot of ladies and parents listen to my show. And uh, what you shared today is just so practical for them to put it into use right away and get a result. So we're going to put links for Anna's books down below, your website, everything mentioned. So if you're watching on YouTube, it's down below. If you're listening on the podcast, it's also down below. But Anna, I look forward already to a round two discussion with you and also seeing you in person, giving you a big hug and laughing at the same time. I know me
1: too. Thank you.
0: Thanks for coming on the show.
1: That's right. Thank you, my friend.
0: Well, there you have it. I told you you were going to have some fun today with uh, Anna and myself. She is just so much fun to speak with. You could get her cookbooks, Eat Happy, Eat Happy 2 on Amazon and at some bookstores. We'll drop links in the podcast notes for you as well. Her website is Annabacino.com. Her Instagram is at Bacino. We'll put that down in the notes below as well. If you want to watch the video interview with Anna and myself and all of the Keto Camp podcast interviews, that's on YouTube, youtube.com slash ketocamp. Please consider sharing this episode with a friend, somebody you know. If you want to get that seed oil allergy card that we mentioned for free, head over to seedoilcard.com and download it right now put it on your phone, show it to your waiter. Avoid those rancid seed oils. It'll go a long, long way. Please consider leaving the show a rating and review if you haven't done so already. Thank you so much for spending part of your day with us. I will see you on the next episode.